Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome, folks, to the PKN Packaging News Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Lindy Hewson, Managing Editor and Publisher of PKN Packaging News and the host of this show. G'day, Lindy. Can you please tell us about our topic and our guests for this episode? Well, hi, Grant. Today, we're going to be discussing two of my pet passions, packaging design and premium beverages. Specifically, we're going to be looking at how label design impacts a product's shelf shot, And when label design is well executed, how it can heighten consumer engagement and, importantly for every business, drive sales. With us in the studio to share their extensive knowledge and expertise on this subject are Chris Jackson and Matt Bowman. Chris is the self-adhesive national manager at Ball & Doggett, and he has clocked up almost two decades of experience specializing in the development of custom-engineered label solutions designed to meet end-user-specific needs and applications across a myriad of well-known brands. Matt is the production manager at Interweave, and he thrives on the creative challenge of consistently delivering the elusive wow factor to any brand experience through live content, design, and packaging. He's described as Interweave's memorable moment maker. Hopefully, we're going to find out why just now. The creator of those magical talking points that people remember. His 20 years experience in production combined with an extensive background in design make him the company's go-to guy for everything from print and screen production to managing content in partnership with the creative team. So, welcome to the show, Matt and Chris. Hey, Lindy. Thanks for having us. Yeah, hi, Lindy. Thanks very much. Um, appreciate the opportunity uh, to be on the program. I've listened to uh, a lot of the previous podcasts, really enjoyed them, and I'm excited to be part of this one. Always good to have a fan on the show. Now, Matt, to set the context, can you tell us a bit about Interweave and what you do there to have earned the moniker of Memorable Moment Maker? <laughs> it's probably one of those things that's come from a, a history of uh, working at Interweave and in live events, but um uh, Interweave is a, at a brand experience agency, so we do brand experience design, uh, working some marketing arms, um, and also live events as well. So bringing the brand to life, and uh, I've sort of worked in, in in bringing brands to life on stage um, and in packaging and in design. So and on online, every sort of touch point that you experience a brand, that's where I've sort of I've crossed over many platforms and, and covered off uh, working with teams of designers and creative directors and producers and that sort of sort of thing. So probably comes from there to make sure that when you receive it or when you see it, you experience it and you go, wow, hopefully. <laughs> I'm sure more, more often than not, it is a wow. Sounds like an exciting and challenging role. Now, Chris, it's your turn. Tell us about Ball and Doggett, particularly the self-adhesive division that you work in and how you tie up and partner with Interweave. So Ball and Doggett is Australia's largest paper distributor. Um, and we obviously distribute packaging, paper, plastics, foils, inks, the lot. Um, but whilst I could certainly go on, um, B&D, I thought, in terms of the relevance of my actual job, ultimately I'm responsible for establishing B&D as the peak premium label organisation within the print design fraternity. I'm always uh, looking to leverage off our international suppliers um, to understand labelling trends where and if they're appropriate and look to partner um, with those suppliers and develop the portfolio to offer unique um, and different materials and to add value to the consumer. So how does this tie in with the work that you do with Interweave? 
So how it ties in with Interweave is obviously as a designer, um, I'm approaching Matt and talking to him about uh, some of the unique textures um, and talking to him about, uh, you know, what relationship he might have with regards to the end design and what materials that we can come up with to uh, make a, um, a, a circled or a finished product. So you mentioned trends as well, Chris. Against the backdrop of what you've explained and what Matt's explained, let's take a closer look at what's happening in the premium beverage market sector. If you can comment for me on consumer behavior and changing purchasing patterns uh, with regards to premium beverages. Yeah, sure. Changing consumer buying behavior in the premium um, beverage market space is that uh, customers are often um, overloaded with stimuli and uh, they've never had so much choice. And um, plenty of research and studies have been conducted in terms of neuro and brain activity, particularly in terms of point of sale. And it's found often that we get caught in an emotional trance. Um, and that doesn't necessarily... Sounds like me in the wine shop. <laughs> emotional <laughs> trance. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter um, what's said. Um, what really matters is what you feel and uh, certainly what you think. So often a well-designed label... Um, can make a wine, uh, particularly a brand, stand out. And cons consumers shop with their eyes, um, which obviously attracts attention. Um, but on top of that, you've obviously got the next element, which is the uh, emotional impact, what you feel. So you're asking yourself in terms of when you're walking down that uh, aisle in the premium wine and beverage or Dan Murphy's or whoever it is, and you're looking at that and you're saying, would this be a good gift? Would I like that? Um, what uh, attraction, that, that authenticity that means to you in terms of enjoying um, the item that you're consuming um, and fundamental, the, the value, is it worth paying that extra for the premium? You know, what is, what exudes the prestige of that? So um, one of the items, particularly in terms of a social element that adds to this is that COVID um, over the last 12 months has certainly had a major impact on Australian buying behaviour in turn, with respect um, to premium beverages. And what we're now seeing is that consumers are looking to enjoy not to have, um, not to go down the pub, obviously we couldn't go down to the pub, um, but they're not having or not consuming a lot of different alcohols. They're actually looking for one thing in particular and trying to have, I guess, uh, enjoyment in terms of that. So it's more focused towards having that premium engagement. I know I'd agree with that. Um, and I'd say that even if it's not alcoholic beverages, they are looking at those premium non-alcoholic beverages too. There's some beautiful label designs coming across from uh, brands like uh, Liars and Seedlip that we're also seeing as well. Um, now, Matt, we've heard from Chris how important that shout from the shelf is and when it comes to that emotional engagement and the decision-making. How can a brand owner harness design to turn the consumer's head in a crowded aisle? Well, it comes down to, you know, and Chris, I've said before, plays an important role in that, and that's with the, the, the choice of paper stock. Now, it's all about tactility sometimes. So we all see it from a distance and go, I love that brand. I know that brand from the recognition side of things. But then we also want to see something new, something different, something that's going to want to maybe give for a gift or, or, or take home to the family and enjoy. Um, it comes down to the second experience of how it feels in the hand. And that can come down to the, the colour of the bottle, the paper stock, the embellishments, 
um, you know, typography is, itself has its own voice, has its own uh, expression that can draw you in as well. So type, typefaces are very important. Colour, if it stands out, you know, some a lot of labels at the moment in the wine industry are very beige with a lot of embellishment. So if you, if you fight against that, you might stand out and you might draw the attention of the, the audience. Um, and elegance and, and, and making you feel stylish or luxurious, like you have to have it, like an Apple product. We all know they're expensive. They look expensive. They feel expensive. Every touch point feels luxurious, and that's where the design has to work just as hard, not only on the tactility but also on the on the visual aspect from a distance, but then also in hand as well. So there's a lot of avenues to, to engage with the, the, the buyer. Yeah, and we've seen some beautiful finishes come to the market now and embellishment, embossing, debossing. I mean, it's it really is a work of art, some of the labels that are being produced at the moment. And one of the sectors of the market where we've seen a proliferation of creative label design is in craft beverages, which is one of the fastest growing beverage categories, whether it's brewing or distilling. Um, they are all pulling out the stops on presentation to tell their brand story, to use that label creatively, um, to use that label to stimulate an experience and in, in that doing uh, to convey that brand story that really c- connects with the consumer. Can you comment on this sector, Matt, and the designs that you're seeing coming through from them? Yeah, definitely. Craft beer has been around for quite a while now, probably a good 15 years going from brewing in your homes to selling it to store, sort of small market stalls now, sort of on the shelf at most large uh, retailers. But they're all fighting for that little position in a big market where they're all popping with colour and vibrance and just trying to grab your attention. But when you put them all together on a shelf, you don't know where to look. Um, craft, craft gin is now becoming a big thing the last sort of five to six or seven years. That sort of uh, started in Australia by Four Pillars, They're the pre- preeminent craft gin distiller. They didn't want to be another London gin. They wanted to be something a little bit different, and they sort of add citrus and botanicals to their, their drink. Um, and then you got probably the next couple of years you'll see whiskey. Whiskey is starting to take a little bit of a craft effect as well, um, and that will explode. And then every other one, everyone else is sort of following that, that, that trend, and you'll find instead of fighting each other like the beer, market they're becoming a little bit more subtle and luxurious and clean and more appealing because it's a higher price point so you can't fight for pops of color and and wow factors it's what's elegant what's beautiful what's going to attract me and what i'm why i'm going to spend that extra money on a spirit over a beer and so that's the, the difference in the design approach as well so would you say that Four Pillars, you said that they were one of the first entrants into the market, would you say that uh, they're doing design particularly well? Absolutely. They, they, their, their mantra is to, to be luxurious and elegant and it's about the experience of the brand and that's not only with the, the product in the bottle, it's the shape of the bottle, it's the design, the simplicity of the design, the, the reflection of the colours they use and the embellishments they use, which allows them to reflect what's in the bottle. Um, for example, there's an olive leaf gin. It's a beautiful green on the on the label with a nice white typeface and um, typographic treatments with simple embellishments. It just feels luxurious and elegant um, and just says straight away what it is on the bottle without having to read too much into it. 
And I think a lot of these um, companies, including Forpolis, they come out with a seasonal design as well, whether it's a Christmas gin or, and, and they're using foils and um, other techniques to really embellish those labels and make them pop for that limited period of time. And there's that whole FOMO for the consumer. I have to get this gin now because it's not going to be here in a couple of months. Um, I don't know if you, you have the, my gin cupboard tells that story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, confessions of a podcast host that should probably stay <laughs> off the record. Now, um, so yes, we've talked about bottle design, we've talked about foiling embellishments, but Chris, as the material supplier to so many brands in this sector, you surely have a few examples of your own to share. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've uh, a few examples that I, I could share. Um, one was with such a winery who wanted to create a unique variable label um, with each image being individually created um, from a generative art video, so autonomous design. Um, this particular algorithm that creates the imagery that's essential for information gathered from each particular vineyard. So the variable data is collected from growing conditions and weather patterns and the likes and each label is a one-of-a-kind creative expression that links the particular brand to a vintage and a region um, and a place in its history. So the label choice was extremely important for this particular brand, and they wanted to have the relationship the, with the terroir and the natural landscape in both the texture and the warmth, and certainly the texture of um, being of particular importance to evoke that feeling of history and craftsmanship. Um, so we obviously we had uh, a particular label that uh, completely fitted that bill. Gosh, well, that sounds like um, a beautiful piece of art. Do you, what about, have you got any other examples from other categories? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll share one as well in terms of um, a launch of a limited edition brand, which was um, Stillhouse in terms of Jim Bean. This was something that was done over in the States but replicated here in Australia. And Jim Beam wanted to achieve a familiarity with regards to high-end value at the same time. Um, and the use of the material to achieve that was particular, of particular importance. Um, so the design team wanted to create a textural um, label that highlighted the beauty of um, a wood finish. Um, so we have a material which is uh, wood veneer, um, and it's obviously available in both a cherry and a uh, birch finish. Um, and ultimately, it's shaved wood created into a self-adhesive label. Um, so the distinct look was perfect for a limited edition offering. Um, and uh, being able to see the wood grain with regards to on the back of the label adds more of a quality of note in terms of how it looked and felt. And again, um, further to Matt's points in terms of excellent typography and torn die-cut edges, um, just gave length to the um, earthy tactility again and the authentic character of the label. Um, and uh, certainly, once again, we see that uh, label choice is integral um, or the raw material is integral in terms of the design to help stimulate emotion and create that feeling of authenticity and quality. So, I mean, that, that ra absolute range of stock that you have now is, has so vastly expanded uh, since it was just a paper label some years ago. Um, would you say that, that it continues to grow, Chris? Oh, absolutely. Our range is very diverse in terms of self-adhesive materials. 
Um, I'll talk about that in terms of, um, you know, some of the paper choices all the way to some of the unusual finishes, not just face films or films, but certainly different elements of textural variety, you know, flocked and flocking material or um, corked material or, you know, physical material that turns into twill. Um, so there's, there's plenty of choices in terms of the um, overall portfolio of self-adhesive options. So, Matt, from your point of view, um, being involved in production as you have been, what do you believe uh, the label stock brings to the marketing mix here? There's a number of things it brings. It, some stocks, so there's a new stock at the moment we're using for, for Ball and Dogger, which has a, a, a blockout backing on it, which allows when a backlit bar lights a label, it blocks out the light from actually ruining what the label is so you can see it at a bar at night time and look, still look luxurious in a bar than it does on a bottle shelf in a, in a store. Um, so that there's there's technologies that help the, the label in, labels integrity and also the, the tactility and as, as Chris was saying there's, there's materials like there's velvet materials and 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 wooden materials and and, and so forth to bring uh, to tell a bigger brand story to the product it's not just the font anymore it's not just the color anymore it's, there's a story behind the materials you use that lend itself to the story of the brand that create that product well, gosh, Matt, that sounds like a really interesting visual effect um, at the backlit bar. Chris, can you add anything to that? Yeah, certainly, Lindy. Um, as Matt explained in terms of um, the ever-opaque offers really good opacity, um, similarly, we have another product called Casablanca, which um, does the reverse. In fact, if you put this paper under a foil block and you heat it, what happens is the paper actually bursts. They've got little capsules inside the paper and it bursts and the material becomes translucent. So if you've got an um, item that you want to show a backlight from behind, um, it actually really well, it shows the imagery particularly well without actually putting a foil on it. So if you can imagine a gin bottle put up on a shelf with a light shining behind it, you can actually see through um, sections of the label to create something that's um, different or unique as well as opposed to, uh, I guess, the opacity component that Matt was looking for on this particular occasion. And Wasser are really great at creating those items that are different or unique, small, minimum order quantities, and their motto is what if. Um, so ultimately, if uh, a product is in your concept or in your mind, that they will go above and beyond to create it. Well, we've certainly seen some examples um, mentioned today here about uh, that showed tremendous creativity and um, the fact that the sky really is the limit for the label designer when it comes to materials and other embellishments and creative options rather. But we can't talk packaging in this day and age without touching on environmental initiatives that are lowering our industry impact. Now, Matt, you've been in the game for two decades. What have you observed in the shifting sands of sustainability? That's the. I think that's the biggest and most important uh, part of the brief. Every time you get a brief from a client, is how environmental friendly is this product? Can is the label environmental friendly? Is the packaging it comes in? Is the capsule it's housed in? All those aspects are now looked at. It's not just one or the other. And there's all there's new innovation every single day in the field of what materials are used, how to remove a capsule from a bottle. There's a there's a green capsule currently around the market. I think it's being used widely in Europe and now it's been introduced to Australian market. Uh, when you put a bottle in the bin, the capsule 
can't come off the ring in the capsule once you take the lid off. There's a ring around the, the top of the bottle. There's a way to get it off in Australia, but it's sort of painstaking. There's a new way to do it where it just screws off in seconds with a new uh, attachment to a machine, and therefore you separate the bottle and the capsule, and they become two environmentally friendly recyclable objects separated before they go through other ways of, of being um, uh, crushed and, and reformed. Uh, and paper. Paper is the big one as well. Like Whether it's for cartons or for packaging or for labels, uh, we've just got a box coming through now, a gift box for a client where they've had a beautiful one in the past with the foil in the inside and foam and, and things like that. That has now been pushed aside and they've got a, a one made of uh, craft cardboard, corrugated cardboard, and it's wrapped in an uh, environment-friendly or recycled stock that's printed with environment-friendly inks. They've removed the foil embellishment from their brand on the gift box, so it can be literally thrown in the bin and recycled 100%, and it becomes part of their brand story. And these are big brands that are asking that every day, and they're in their production managers and, and go-to guys internally are sort of looking for the biggest and, and next big thing that, you know, the problem is in Australia, it costs a lot at the moment. It's not a, an easy thing to attain, but um, uh, it's a question asked every single time without fail. Yeah, well, we are seeing pledges and promises coming through thick and fast from brands, as I've mentioned before on the podcast. Um, there's no sidestepping sustainability now and um, not having it at at the very top of your design brief um, is a mistake or a misstep for any brand. Now, Chris, what green initiatives is Ball and Doggett driving? Um, like Matt has just said, I'd like to echo his sentiments. Um, we're seeing a lot of inquiries about um, environmental options. And what we did is we put together an Enviro Guide, um, which uh, ha encompasses the three R's, um, which I classifiers reduce, recycle, and responsibly sourced. Um, with regards to reduce, you're looking at um, materials that are using fewer materials, so uh, thinner face sheets or liners are um, certainly an element that people are looking to reduce the amount of um, waste that's involved, or um, perhaps even biodegradable or compostable face films, or for that matter, adhesives. So the entirety of the label can go through that um, cycle of chain. Um, or recycle, um, the product is made from, uh, I guess, part or 100% or recycled matter. Um, certainly that's um, a requirement in some design briefs with regards to the face sheet. Um, certainly it's also coming to the uh, fore with regards to the liner material. Um, so that's also being discussed. Um, and then obviously you've got the responsibly sourced materials, which is, a, I guess, a portion of that material um, which is uh, sourced um, uh, from a validated or a sustainable um, material. So those three elements we've put together in, um, I guess, uh, one compendium of information called our Enviro range, um, and we've got quite a comprehensive um, uh, offering in terms of those three areas um, that cover, I guess, the uh, environmental range. And would you agree with Matt that you're seeing like heightened demand for those types of products? Oh, undoubtedly, Lindy, yeah. So sp specifically with responsibly sourced materials, um, so it must have a certification with regards to whether it's a, an FSC certification or a PEFC certification. Um, and it's part of, I guess, our ethos at Ball and Doggett that we want to be able to have um, choices uh, for Matt and the design fraternity to be able to 
um, offer to the wider community and say that this is a you know a green choice or this has got um, for one use or another it's got a you know biodegradable component or it's it's in one shape or form um, better uh, for the um, consumer. Do you think there'll come a time when your whole portfolio will be in effect an Enviro portfolio? I'd love to think that'd be the case, Lindy. Um, absolutely. Uh, I think there's probably still some areas of pharmaceutical um, applications um, that, that will still not require or that will still be required because of a specific application. Um, but I'd like to think that uh, certainly from a paper-based product, absolutely. Well, the time has come, Chris and Matt, for us to say goodbye, but not without giving you an opportunity to voice one final message to the listeners. So, Matt, from your design expertise side of things, what would you like to leave us with? Look, I think it's it's making that impact. It's making the and the right choices with your your your, your packaging and your and your labelling. To it's it's getting the brief right. It's like it's not the. It's not the how you're going to do it, it's why you're doing it. If you know why you're doing something, you can always understand the how and the when and the where because it's got to be important to you. So, therefore, when you're telling the story, there's passion behind it. So, if you know the why, then you've always got a, a, winning, a winning idea, I think. And, Chris, how about you? Yeah, thanks, Lindy. I'd like to leave you with the same thought in terms of um, uh, what Matt said about passion. Um, Ball and Doggett offer a wide selection of portfolio um, and we want to help drive that um, passion and that creativity along with adding value with regards to the materials that we have. Um, we've got, as, as we've mentioned previously, this uh, really wide and variety um, of grades and we want to be able to give designers um, and consumers the depth and breadth of the products to be able to create something unique um, and have that feel of authenticity. Um, and we believe that we've got a really strong portfolio to be able to do that. Well, that's um, quite a substantial set of products that you've got to offer. There's a great depth to your expertise, both you and Matt. So thank you very much for joining us today to share with us the importance of um, brands making an impact on the shelf as well as making the consumer lift them off that shelf so that they become the brand story in the hand that they take home and look at with um, joy. Um, yes, they'll spark joy. <laughs> Marie Kondo would be proud. Um, and it's something that will live, live on. But as we also discussed, uh, thanks also for sharing those perspectives on the environmental options, because moving forward, we know that that is the right um, thing to prioritize. We have to have sustainability top of our agenda. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lindy. Thanks very much, Lindy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thanks, gents. Thanks, Lindy. And of course, thank you to the people who have been listening and joining us on this episode. We'll be back in the not-too-distant future with another informative episode. But until then, have a great day. You've been listening to the PKN Podcast, produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast's audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. 
You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.